Revelation chapter 1. If you will turn to Revelation chapter 1. As we did in the Gospel of John, tonight I plan to teach in two parts. So I'm going to right now give a devotion, a short, to the heart, to the point kind of reflection. It'll be like 10 minutes maybe. So don't think like, oh yay, we're going to go home, <laughs> right? When 10 minutes, like that was the best sermon ever. Uh, then Richard and Sandy will come sing a song for us. So we could just let that sink in and then we'll get into the study part. Okay. Uh, the reason for that is because we come to Revelation, there's all kinds of weird visions and images and words and terms and strange theological ideas and this word called eschatology. You're like, what is all of this? I think we would be amiss if we entered the book running with terms and confusing interpretational ideas. We want to just look at the heart of the book So we're going to open with the vision of Jesus and what that meant for John, and then we'll come back and we'll go through some of that fun stuff. So let's go into John, uh, Revelation 1, verse 9. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos, on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you have seen in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs on his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, and the... The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us to engage into this word of yours, that we would indeed understand why it's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let us see Jesus. Let us know the love of your Son. We pray. Amen. So I have come to this point in my life, 
I won't tell you how recently, where I learned that it's not information that changes a life. And I think that in our younger days, not that I'm up there yet, but in your youngest days, it's this pursuit of knowledge and this thirst for information to just know everything about the world and the way it works is what's going to change the world and change my life. And I have to know everything that I can know. But it's not information that has changed my life. I've learned that it's vision that changes the heart of the human race. Vision, not just of something grand, but of Jesus himself. And we see that John has this vision of Jesus and that this is what transforms. See, John goes to the island of Patmos as a prisoner, and he could have stayed on the island of Patmos as a prisoner and felt completely useless and decided to have a pity party and think constantly about his condition and why his condition is horrible. And he was doing this great thing in Asia with all these churches, at least seven and more growing. And instead, he's over here with his hands tied. And he can do nothing for Jesus anymore. And he could be living in that sorrow, reflecting upon his misfortune not just a prisoner of Rome on the island of Patmos, but a prisoner to his own pity and his own sorrow. But it's in this time that Jesus comes to John, opens his eyes, if you will, pulls back the curtain of our normal mundane earthly reality and shows John what's behind everything and appears to him in all of his resurrected glory. And John in this vision is transformed from prisoner to pastor. He was a pastor, of course, to these churches, but then he becomes a prisoner on the, on the island, and he could remain a prisoner, but in this moment and with this vision of Jesus, he now becomes a pastor like he'd never been before. And the things maybe that he thought were super important over here, and the worries and concerns as he pastored the churches of Asia, now suddenly seem very different in the light of a vision of Jesus. It's not information that transforms the human heart. It's vision. It's seeing the resurrected Jesus for who he is. The problem I have found is that we are very much creatures of attachment. We have to cling to things. We want to attach ourselves to things. And the way we do this is we look at everything that we do, the people around us, the places around us, and we look at them through the lens of how they relate to ourselves. I go to work, and I'm concerned about how work relates to me. And often the ego can get very big here, and it thinks, I go to work so that I can be the best employee at work. I teach at the Christian school so that Miss Linda would say I'm the best Bible teacher she's ever had in all of her educational experience. I would never meet that requirement, but um, we can do this, and we think about the places and the people in our lives and how they relate to us, because we have this emotional and it's just this total attachment to things. And John, being a pastor of these things, he's got problems, and he's got good things going on, and the gospel's going out, and he's got all these other leaders and pastors to take care of, and all of this is constantly tugging on him and who he is and his character and his personality, and he has this, everything's just related to him, and this is human to see everything through the lens of how it relates to me. But there comes times, like John's moment in exile over here, where we experience detachment. John's no longer with the churches. He's severed from them by an ocean on an island by himself 
Well, at least not with his church. And there's this detachment. And for the first time, perhaps, John is able to look at the churches he pastors without thinking how they relate to him because there's no longer that connection. He's detached. And this is the great grace that we find in moments of exile and loneliness and rejection is that when the ego gets hurt and when our great relationship with everything that's happening around us, when that feels severed and hurt, we finally for the first time stop looking at how the world relates to me and we are opened, our eyes are opened with the vision of Jesus and we realize, wait a minute, what life is about is not how things relate to me, but how things relate to Jesus. And this is where John go, is not just going to stay as a pastor, but he be, stay as a prisoner, but he becomes a pastor because now he can look at the churches to, with detachment and see how they and Jesus relate to one another. And so he writes this amazing vision, which we call Revelation, a collection of four visions, we'll get into that, and he sends it to them to encourage them. He is now super pastor. And this is the gift of exile and these hard times is that they always come if we have eyes to see. They come with vision. And that's what transforms the human heart. So as we read Revelation, Revelation is going to invite us to see the world differently. And so I'm going to ask you as we go through this study to see, as you read Revelation, see the world differently. Not always asking, how does this relate to me? Or what do I have to do with this? But asking instead, how does this relate to Jesus? And how is he involved in this part of the world? That's the idea. That's vision. That's transformation. When we begin to see Jesus and how things are connected to him without so much concern about how we look or the praise we're getting or recognition or worrying about our own futures. So Revelation invites us to exile and vision. Are you ready to go? Are you willing to look at the world a little differently on an island in the middle of the sea with John? All right, well then, let's take a deeper look after this next song of worship. Pray that God will help your eyes to see, that we'll be ready to go, and then we'll get into all the good old nerdy revelation stuff. Lord, we do pray that during this song, you will uh, cause our souls to awaken to the majesty of your resurrected presence. And that, Lord, we would not just be looking at lifeless words on a page, but living words, not just ink on paper, but that these words would be incarnated with your very spirit and life. In your son's name we pray. Amen.